We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to Hour 3 of the Randy Corcoran Program, and it's Matt Dunn, good friend of Randy's in tonight. Prayers continue to be with the Corcoran family, and we we encourage Randy to get on back in here when when the time feels right, when the time feels appropriate, as, as one day leads on to another day, and and it just becomes time again, and we look forward to that to that time. And I wanted to talk, uh, by the way, 303-696-1971 here at 710-KNUS, your Salem-Denver outlet here. And I normally host Backbone Radio Sundays 4 to 7 p.m., to which you are invited. I'll be back in here tomorrow. But Ron DeSantis is a very disappointing candidate for the presidency. I had expected better from him, a great deal better. But as I have looked into DeSantis and the Republican voting base has looked into DeSantis, they have apparently found him wanting as his poll data. Harvard-Harris polling has DeSantis down at 14 percent, Trump at 59 in the GOP primary. That's a 45-point lead for Trump. And DeSantis had climbed into the 20s. Maybe he'd had a few almost in the 30s going back to January, February. But once we got more exposure to Ron DeSantis, it was like uh, no dice, okay? And I do think the DeSantis campaign is uh, running on fumes, might even almost be over. But I think what, what I have learned at least about DeSantis is that I always thought we had this MAGA guy, this MAGA ally down in Florida who was doing MAGA kind of stuff, America first kind of stuff. But when you actually start looking in, looking into DeSantis, you find that, uh uh-oh, he really was not. And you wonder, you wonder, actually, if the Republican Party establishment didn't create DeSantis as a kind of a a deception, a decepticon to make it seem like he was trump light, that he was all the stuff about Trump that Trump wants and Trump foreign policy, Trump domestic policy— but without, uh, you know, the, what they accuse Trump of being is the Trump flamboyance and the, the Trump combativeness and all that, the, the Trump drama. And so, you know, that you could imagine that being a decent selling point. But two days ago in it's, – it's all a fake. It is all a fake. And some people are not quite ready to hear that yet, but I've been on this for a while. But DeSantis, who you always thought, you know, okay, he's kind of a – you know, with, with Trump on trade, with trade was one of Trump's most successful accomplishments during his term in office and benefited the American middle class tremendously, benefited the American economy tremendously, the golden era of Trump in office. But there's Ron DeSantis comes out against Donald Trump's tariffs on China. He said this at a Coalinga, California fundraiser event in which the media was kept outside, kept outside, 
And so, uh, yeah, DeSantis privately tells corporate donors he is against U.S. tariffs on Chinese goods. Yeah. And when you look into DeSantis's track record on trade, well, you find out that he voted in support of TPA, Trade Promotion Authority, with President Obama. And DeSantis also voted in support of the Trans-Pacific Partnership, the TPP trade deal, which was the globalist trade deal par excellence, in which... Yeah, China benefits, every other country benefits, the American working class loses out, okay? So DeSantis is cut from that cloth, and he came out strongly against Donald Trump's tariffs on China at this fundraiser event. Word got out. It went all across the Internet. You've seen all kinds of people report on this, and um, <clears throat> including Conservative Treehouse, including David Giglio, California, and where's the, the news one... Uh, I guess I don't have that sitting right here. But uh, so Murdoch's declared an emergency, and they started bringing DeSantis immediately onto Fox News to try to, to, try to, uh, to assuage worries about DeSantis on trade. And he started talking a little tougher on China because, you know, they, they saw this, this going, going out there. Anyway, just, just keep in mind a few of these things. And, uh, again, I just played DeSantis on, on Ukraine and if we could just do that, just real quick again, DeSantis, again, he came out strongly against Ukraine, and then his donors, the globalist donors, like the Ken Griffin, who's lobbed $500 million at DeSantis, apparently. Let's, let's see. It's simply foolish to believe that Ken Griffin is going to flood DeSantis with $500 million and then allow him to implement America First trade policies once elected, according to J David Giglio. Uh, again, Ken Griffin, one of the big private equity oligarch billionaire types who's, you know, the uh, free trade, open borders, all that stuff, the globalism thing. But uh, let, let's hear that. DeSantis flip-flopped on Ukraine, and if you flip-flop on that, you will flip-flop on everything else. We know where he is on trade now. That's a big one. But let's, let's hit that G Sirs, again. Uh, what will you be doing about the war in Ukraine? That's just what he just asked that question. So that was uh, so what I what I said is uh, we are going to be strong at home. We have to be strong at home and we have to make sure that our resources are being dedicated in ways uh, that are going to defend the American people above all else. So that's going to be our first priority. Then we're going to look with fi fixing the military and we'll do that on day one. And then we're going to look at, okay, what's the national security strategy that we're looking for? Our emphasis is going to be on the deterrence of China in okay, the Pacific. Okay, pause that there if you when would. When you think about how we've handled... And that's all we need of that clip. He does not answer the question about Ukraine. And we get these absolutely pathetic, pathetic, stupid, bland cliches about we have to make America strong at home. That means nothing, DeSantis, zero. I mean, that is a, such a weak... This guy's running for the president. Make America strong at home. Okay. And we're going to fix the military on day one. What do you mean you're going to fix the military? Give me some details. What, how are you going to fix the military on day one? Okay. You just, you just fix it on day one? That's what he says? Yeah. Uh, that's another zero. And, uh, you know, he says we're going to have to have resources dedicated to uh, protecting the American people. What does that mean? It means you're in favor of this Ukraine stupid, ridiculous war. Okay. Because that's what his big donors want, the big globalist billionaires who are funding this whole deal. And then he pivots to China. Doesn't say a word. And I could play the whole clip. It's a minute 45. But he never gets back to Ukraine. All right? So, man, what a waste. And I think this guy is right. Larry Hogan, former governor of Maryland, 
is talking to CBS News, and he's asked about, "Hey, what do you think of what do you think of the DeSantis campaign?" And let's hear I. If you could press that one, go ahead, Blake. Uh, As thank you look you, at sir. the Republican field, Governor, evaluate Ron DeSantis so far. I think DeSantis has really underperformed. You know, he started out. And we've seen this happen before in other races, but he was the one getting all the attention. He was wall-to-wall coverage on Fox News. He was the only one other than Trump that uh, was was really getting a lot of attention. He raised a ton of money. Um, he was a fairly successful governor in a big state who got reelected. And then uh, he started uh, you know, making all kinds of mistakes. I think the campaign is... One of the one of the worst I've seen so far, and uh, he's dropped like a rock. And so I think people started to say, "Well, maybe we're willing to consider someone other than Trump." They took a look at uh, Ron DeSantis and then went back to Trump. So he, I think he dropped 18, 20 points in the polls, and now you're seeing other people rise up. And uh, you know, there were a whole bunch of people stuck in single digits. I was one of them. We were all statistically, you know, within the margin of error of each other. There were seven or eight different people. Uh, one of them, I think, has a chance to surpass uh, Ron DeSantis. Is it over for DeSantis? I think it's getting close to being over. I mean, you can always, you know, you see comebacks. John McCain pulled a comeback and Bill Clinton pulled a comeback. But at this point, he's headed in the wrong direction. And if you were to describe the central mistake he made, what would it be? You know, I think the uh, the, the, the culture wars, the the dumb comments about Ukraine, uh, the fact that he, you know, he's got some he's got some uh, strengths, but he's also got some weaknesses. I mean, he's he just doesn't connect with people. He's not a good campaigner. He's not a good debater. Uh, he's a smart guy. Uh, went to Yale and Harvard. Uh, doesn't lead with that. Yeah, he doesn't lead with that. Uh, yeah, he says he went to school in the Northeast somewhere. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, everybody was thinking he was the guy to beat, and now I don't think too many people think that. Yeah, that's about where we are with DeSantis, and that's where uh, Larry Hogan just comes out and says that, that yeah, DeSantis has underperformed, he's dropping like a, like a stone, and it's one of the worst campaigns he's ever seen going on out there. And DeSantis is not a good campaigner. He does not connect with people. And that has been what I have been discovering. And we, and I want him to come out and, like, you know, say stuff. Say stuff. Give me some reason to like this guy who I, for a long time, thought was going to be a darn good guy and might be able to really be a, a great person to be the heir apparent to the America First policy platform, which is going to make this country great again, you know. But, uh, oh, what a disappointment, ladies and gentlemen. And the thing about it is you're going to – I mean the, the big investors in DeSantis who forked over all the they're, – they're looking for an exit route. They're looking for the next candidate they, they think they can, they can take down Trump because, um, because DeSantis is not somehow able to do this. All right? By the way, and I just – I went into the archive a little bit, and you want, you want to hear uh, DeSantis on trade. This, is, this goes back a couple of years but let's 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 hear K if we could. DeSantis's track record uh, on what trade. What is the current level of support for the president's tariffs? Well, I think in the Congress, you know, like I, I'm not somebody that that advocates tariffs. I mean, I want to have lower barriers and and I want to have free trade. Yeah, see, DeSantis, free trader, wants lower barriers, not in favor of tariffs on China. That's his instincts. If you are a member of the middle and working class of this country, this is not your guy. 
if you're one of the oligarch billionaires that profits from slave labor in China, well, you might like DeSantis. That's why they're the ones giving DeSantis the campaign cash. People are giving DeSantis credit for somehow having been bitter on COVID and all this, but no, 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 he shut down the businesses and raked people off of the beach. And let's hear N. Uh, DeSantis on vaccines? Let's hear N, if we could, Blake, real quick. Uh, N. Their vaccinations. Each vaccine administered brings a sense of relief and increased hope and optimism. Very pro-vaccine guy. And Trump never made them mandatory. Just remember that. So I'm not... Does anybody have any reason... To think that somehow DeSantis is uh, necessary, that he's a good guy. He is not even Trump light. He is the opposite of Trump. He is not MAGA at all. Okay? So um, that's, uh, that's just too darn bad, isn't it, for DeSantis? And his, uh, his polls are very, very poor and not connecting. That was the, the question I had is, you know, if DeSantis can really connect with people and he's got the MAGA agenda behind him, this could be a thing. But it turns out he can't connect, and he doesn't actually have the MAGA agenda. And his campaign people, you watch them, they're always mocking MAGA. They're always mocking America first. The first people to say, oh, if you like Trump, you're part of a cult. Well, DeSantis has like 14% support, and I would think if you're a cult, some fringe cult somewhere, then that might be the DeSantis people that somehow like more of the Jeb Bush-type policy, which seems to be what DeSantis is articulating. And it was Jeb Bush who was on stage with DeSantis when he became governor of Florida because Trump went down and bailed the flailing DeSantis campaign out of its campaign woes when he was losing to Andrew Gillum for that governorship. Trump showed up, got him elected. Make sense? Anyway, there's some kind of a sellout issue here. There's some kind of a character issue here with DeSantis, and it's not encouraging. And it's kind of weird with DeSantis's Wife always there on stage with them, and they're trying to really profile Casey DeSantis, um, who, uh, hmm, it seems like DeSantis should be able to command a stage on his own and do it more on his own, and, you know, okay, you have your better half with you on occasion, but she's, like, always there. Anyway, it's weird. There's something very weird and troubling about this, and so I do think that DeSantis all along has been one of those RNC Republican establishment concoctions to uh, create this presentation of Trump light of a MAGA type personality when all along it has just not been true. And I'm sad to come to that conclusion, but that's the way it is. And he is just flat out going nowhere. And by the way, Trump's out there speaking right now uh, at the Faith and Freedom Coalition summit and the crowd's just loving every minute of it the crowd's just loving that (laughs) chris christie went up there and just about got booed off the stage he starts criticizing trump and then chris christie gets booed quite badly you want to hear that one let's let's hear c real quick here's chris christie same same conference in debate prep in 2020 why am i running for president of the united states i'm running because he's let us down he has let us down because he's unwilling He's unwilling to take responsibility for any of the mistakes that were made, any any of the faults that he has, and any of the things that he's done. And that is not leadership, everybody. That is a failure of leadership. And I, you can boo all you want. And let's pause it there. Let's pause it there, Blake. Yeah, that's uh, Chris Christie. (laughs) Nobody likes Chris Christie. 
400 people were watching his his announcement when he announced he was running for the presidency. 400 people. This is another fake RNC deal to, to haul Chris. Chris Christie should be embarrassed at what he's become. Nobody likes that guy. And he's out there running, but he's going to fulfill the role of the RNC. The RNC wants to divide the Republican Party. It'd be so easy to unify the party around Trump. But no, they're going to have... DeSantis and Chris Christie and the rest of them. Primaries are great and all that, but you see you see the reasons why these things happen. Anyway, the big donors do not what want the want what the GOP voters want. There's a big gulf in the Republican Party. That's why the Republican Party is so useless. Because the donors control the deal, but the GOP voters <laughs> are always disappointed in their politicians, unless their name is Trump, okay? Now, how about let's uh Let's 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 do a phone hello. What do you say? Should we? Okay, let's let's say hello to Jack, Jack in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Welcome board. Hi, Doc. How you doing? Hey, I'm a little bit. Uh, it reminds me of something I said years ago. But if they're going to push Putin out, and the Russian people get somebody that's got a little bit of sensibility, uh, you know, the opposite of Putin, in, I think Donald Trump, when he gets back in office, will make an agreement with him to help uh, furnish. Uh, fuel, natural gas to all of Europe uh, in agreement in partnership with the Russians, because all we really have to do is lay uh, a pipeline across the Bering Strait. It's only 60 miles, and it's only about 200 feet deep. England has a pipeline 100 miles long coming from Norway, and it's 1,500 feet deep. As you give you an idea, comparatively, uh, the Bering Strait crossing, we could put dual 36-inch pipelines across that in probably two months. And then maybe we could get onto some sort of a footing with the Russians where their economy would be built up and we would get part of it on the sale to Europe of all that heating oil and natural gas. And maybe we could get something going to, to, to get rid of all the nuclear weapons in, the, in this world. I, I really think that that's, I think, I think that we're done. And the truth of the matter is, I think he was working on that. When he was in office. And you're, chop, you're a little choppy again. Your cell phone coverage might be not the best, but Jack, it sounds to me like you're not really an advocate for World War Three? You're not totally psyched to have that, uh, you know, no. presentation? Yeah. No. Okay. If, you, if you were up here around Cheyenne and you saw how they were putting new warheads every day on these missiles up here, you would realize it would take 15 seconds to get rid of them. I have no idea how powerful nuclear weapons are here. I think that needs to, those need to be eliminated globally. And I, and I think the Russians, like I say, if they're sensible... We can we can build a pipeline from Alaska to, to Russia in like two months, and we can go ahead and supply all of Europe with natural gas. Well, none of this oil. stuff would I, be I think, happening if Trump was around, and none of this stuff would be happening if it wasn't for our State Department and CIA wanting to go in there and commandeer corrupt Ukraine, bring it into a part of the West, something that Putin has said is a is a red line, Ukraine we don't want. You know, Ukraine to be aligned with the West, but we have to go over there and do it. And think of how much money the ruling class has made. An example, the Biden family, off of the corruption in Ukraine, money in our own ruling class's pockets. They're willing to wage World War III to keep that Dravy Crane train going, apparently. I don't know. I just I just think that's that's so pointless, all of it. Well, it's not even doable. I mean, there's no way we can have a nuclear exchange. It's just not going to work. Yeah. Fair enough, Jack. Well, I'm hoping all is well up in Wyoming. And uh, Harriet Hageman was pretty good out there talking to Durham, just FYI. And you're, you're the one that helped get Harriet Hageman to defeat Liz Cheney by 40-some points. <laughs> that was pretty great, you, you Jack. You know, I haven't, 
I haven't met her yet, but I'm a big fan of her. She made her bones by defending Manchester when when the government came in about the the, the uh, what is it the wa- the water act something like that. They have a little dock tank, a little thirty foot piece of water where where the, the house get a drink. They the federal regulations about navigable rivers and streams. I mean, it was ridiculous. Yeah, but right on. And I'll, I'll tell you, Jack, you're you're just chopping it up. Yeah. I think your connection's a little dicey enough. We'll have to work on your location in the house. But uh, okay. you you stay close, Jack. Great to hear your voice. And that fellow uh, knows a lot about oil and pipelines. We've had a few conversations along those lines over the years. At any rate, Matt Dunn and for Randy Corporan. Let's let's take a little break. We'll be right back. There we go, Chris Stapleton, Outlaw State of Mind. That was the first song I ever heard by this guy, and what was that movie it was in, Hell or High Water? And I thought, who, who does that song? And sure enough, that was when this guy was getting off the ground. Met down in for Randy Corcoran tonight. Trump just finished speaking at the Faith and Freedom Coalition Conference. I'm not sure what state that was in. Is that North Carolina? I think it was North Carolina where that was all happening, where Chris Christie got just about booed off the stage. There is no point to that guy. There is no point. <laughs> He's got to be so embarrassed about you know how far he has fallen. But the lieutenant governor of North Carolina, a fellow named Mark Robinson, came on that stage, and you want to hear the reaction. He, he didn't get booed, but uh, he, he came out there and got massive applause because he endorsed... He endorsed the next president of the United States of America. Can we hit D real quick? Uh, we got. We, let's hit D. Go ahead and, and hit D on that screen. America needs a fighter indeed. This nation needs a fighter. Someone who is willing to go onto the world stage, walk in boldly, strongly, waving the American flag, saying the Americans are here and we are in charge again. And we're going to lead this world into the future with freedom. That's what America needs, and that is why, on this stage, today, I am endorsing Donald J. Trump as the President of the United States of America in 2024. Boy, does this drive the ruling class nuts. It is the time for warriors to stand up and get it done. (laughs) We need a fighter. Yeah, there's still... Some of the dedicated loser Republican mindset, which is, no, we got to be gentler. We can't fight back. If we're just really nice, if we make the ruling class a better sandwich, then they're going to stop beating us. They're going to start treating us. But guess what? Grow up. Grow up. Wake up. We got we to gotta fight, folks. I mean, that's just the deal. Okay? And somebody knows that. That would be Trump. That would be Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson of North Carolina. Why don't we go to some phone line hellos here? And oh, I guess we're not quite ready on that. Uh, yeah, okay. Let's let's say a little hello and let's. Oh boy, they're all ringing now, and um, I can't I can't I can't press the. Oh, here, I'll, I'll hit it. Hit, let's hear Joe in Arvada. Greetings, welcome. Hi, Matt. Uh, you know, I'm worried about the Predosian thing. Uh, you know, the United States and Biden are heavily invested in Ukraine. So all of a sudden, right during the supposed spring offensive or at the end of it, all of a sudden, Prigozhin takes off and heads to Russia. 
You know, the CIA is so heavily invested in this thing. Big. I'm worried. Mm-hmm. I'm worried. Because mm-hmm. think about this. If somehow Biden is being leveraged because, you know, the five million for the big guy, uh, maybe maybe what's going on here is that they've got support from the U.S. And the, the what really scares me is this report that uh, uh, Putin has taken off towards who knows where. I mean, it's a little bit like think about this. If if Biden got on Air Force One and went to, uh, you know, nuclear alert, top, top alert. Uh, what does that tell you? Mm. I mean, I'm a little bit worried that that we are really a lot closer to nuclear war than we even have any idea of. And we are skirting uh, this big time. I agree with you. And I think we have ever since the CIA and the State Department decided we have to go have our next war to provoke this deal in Ukraine. What a mess. And of course, when you say Prigozhin, you're talking about Yevgeny Prigozhin, not sure how you pronounce that last name, who's the founder and head of the Wagner Group of Russian mercenaries who um, came close to uh, indicating a coup was imminent. And I don't know how much of this is even real. I mean, well, I, 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 think about- it, none of it is quite making sense. I just I don't see this going anywhere, but it does look well, like at least there's this. some instability out there. This, this guy is a mercenary. What is a mercenary? Paid, paid gun. It's, it's, this is a, a paid for, you know, uh, uh, killing type of dude. So my, my point is, is that it's all about money. And think about this. If there's some kind of leverage on Biden, what would Biden give to keep his, the tapes covered up? Think about that. And you're not going to hear a word about it. Is Biden going to come over and say, "I gotta, I gotta help out Pergozian attack Putin because I'm leveraged because of the five million for the big guy"? He's not going to say anything, so we're going to hear nothing. Are we going to be put in any kind of elevated, you know, nuclear, uh, you know, alert? No, Biden's not going to say a thing. It's going to be all covert. It's very scary. Well, it is because the people running our foreign policy right now are absolutely detached from reality, in my opinion. And their foreign policy has been a disaster going back at least since uh, after Ronald Reagan. And um, they're in charge, man. There's no brakes on them. They've got unlimited budgets. They'll take as many billions as they want, as they darn well want from the American taxpayer to do this whole Ukraine thing now, and uh, who knows what's going to happen. It's just none of it is smart, but, boy, they're hell-bent on it, and maybe they're hell-bent on World War III. Then they're going to be happy. I don't know. Maybe they'll get what they want, Joe. You know what we need is we've had all these whistleblowers coming out from the IRS. We've had the whistleblowers that are coming out from uh, other departments, the FBI, what we need is some whistleblowers on the inside of the places like the NSA and the CIA to come forward. I think they're there. We just need them to come out. And will they? I don't know. But there's got to be some patriots left on the inside. There's got to be. Out. But the one thing on that, why I think it won't happen, 
is that what's really going on at the the with the highest levels of Spygate and the rest of it, the siloed information is kept so close to so few people that the vast majority of the people that work in the CIA and the NSA, the FBI, and other places, they, they don't know. They, don't, they haven't seen this stuff. They don't know this stuff. I think that a lot of them are out there holding their noses, knowing that they're not feeling confident in the reputations of their organizations that they work for, uh, for very good reasons. But the information is kept so close to this handful of insiders who are perpetrating all this stuff that uh, it's gonna it's hard to imagine they could actually come out and do much. But But it's sure interesting, this IRS guy whistleblower came forward and this whistleblower seems to be uh not altogether respected by the media but getting a little bit of airtime but if there was a whistleblower on trump man that person was like uh, a saint on earth remember how that worked joe <laughs> oh i and anybody that remember vinman vinman oh, yeah. was I, I mean he's still i mean he's still rotten to the core he's I mean, a he's holy man in- He's a rotten to the oh. core, but he was a holy man for the media. Oh, man, oh. they love Venman. Oh, I get it, but just look at him now. I mean, well, how despicable. What a despicable human being. I, I, I'm sorry. Yep. I, you know, you're not supposed to judge people, but look at this Don't guy. Don't be sorry. Sold, they're, they, they, they're, what did he do? Look at Venman. He sold us down the river so he could get a job at CNN. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Well, he's serving the deep state interest, and he he's a Ukrainian, right? He's from Ukraine, and uh, he was offered to be uh, the generalship, uh, the head of the military of Ukraine. He turned it down, but uh, apparently. But uh, why would Ukraine offer this guy, Vindman, the head Defense Department position over there, if if it's not that Ukraine is totally being run by the United States State Department, CIA, and the rest of it? <laughs> you see how this works? It's like a, well, it's like they're the 51st state in some ways. And Russia but doesn't think a, that's a great idea to have like 250 miles from Moscow to have some huge hub for the United States of America. And so we're just we're, we are provoking this whole deal, in my opinion. Oh, there's no question about it. it. When it all when it's all written in the history books, when it's all unveiled, the United States will have torn up half the planet because of money and power and and these people once they once they're outed the bidens for example they're going to go down as a scourge in history the, i could the, the not history agree more won't be kind yep uh, just remember too. under trump four years of peace and prosperity peace man well yeah amen yeah we need it back right on joe joe in arvada love your voice sir thank you for checking in one quicker hello with Jay in Douglas County before a break hello, here. Welcome, Jay. Yeah. Yeah, and I could hang on afterwards if you like for the break, but I was going to share with you when Trump was running for president, there were 17 people in the uh, GLP there. None of those people up on that stage could have held up against what this guy has dealt with. I mean, he just keeps coming back and punching and holding up to the pressure resilience uh, persistence the character of trump is unbelievable to take on to take on the entire american political establishment and that of the globe you think DeSantis could last about five seconds in the ring with that no. zero no yeah no i don't know him but think about what they've done to him they accused him of everything you could possibly imagine and his kids including yeah going after his family uh some uh, 
prostitute, urinating, all that stuff. I mean, come on. All of it made he, up. He just Complete kept on fighting. fake fiction leverage nasty people. Yep. That's why they're so, they're so afraid of him because I think if we're successful in this next round, he will expose uh, what I believe to be not only the horrible activities, but the this pedophilia thing with uh, you know the 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 guy that Epstein. now we don't know anything about him is supposedly killed. Now I find out that his personal catalog or a personal calendar just today on one of the channels that uh, he had lots of appointments with the Obama White House. Epstein did. Well, that's interesting. In well, I you know he's p- part of the deep state in my opinion. By the way, I read somewhere that Bill Barr's dad gave Epstein his first job. Now, I, that's not confirmed, but I saw a credible source say that. I need to look into that before vouching for it. But A.G. Barr was the guy who let Epstein completely, you know, after Epstein was killed, said, well, it looks like they had an accident. Somehow the cameras weren't working in the prison cell, and I guess, you know, sometimes these things happen. <laughs> so A.G. Barr, by the way, going to go down as one of the most corrupt A.G.s in history, and now he's doing his best to shiv Trump in the back. And that's why Mitch McConnell put him in there in the first place, allowed him through the Senate. So, yeah. anyway, really Jay, weak. boy, I, I, really I, I think you are, you've got a clear set of thoughts, Jay, and may I say, I am in agreement with them. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's see what happens. Thank you for checking in. Appreciate it. You Have bet. Good night. All the best to you. And it's Matt Dunn. It is not Backbone Radio. That will be tomorrow night. It is the Randy Corcoran program. And one more segment after this. Oh, yeah, George Strait, living and living well. We like to think that's exactly what we're doing is living well, not merely living. And we just ask everybody, live your best life. Separate your mind from the propaganda that they're trying to bathe you in. They want you seated on the couch. They want you sitting still. They want you just sitting there taking it, owning nothing. And I was just thinking about this. I was reading a book by a Norwegian author named Erling Kage. It is easier for governments and societies to control us so long as we are sitting down. The modern world is fashioned so that we sit as often as possible. But history is full of stories about those who did not remain seated and who thereby changed the course of history. little preview to one of my Segments coming up tomorrow night on Backbone Radio. Yes, Matt Dunn in here for Randy Corcoran. Let's not be seated. Once you realize the Republican Party is a ruling class device and mechanism designed to keep Republican voters seated on their couches. Oh, yeah. You ever wonder why the GOP never does anything, always says stuff, always complains about stuff, but never actually does anything, never actually accomplishes anything, just goes along with the swamp? Well, they're, they're a device to keep you on the couch. And there's only, uh, is it working? To be continued on that. And we're off to the phones again in one second. But just real quick, a couple of quick hits on audio. I wanted to get this in. Trump's talking to Brett Baer, and this would be L. Uh, and <laughs> Trump uh, takes a little slam at Fox News ratings in free fall since they fired Tucker. Let's hit that one. Continuation. More independent voters watch Fox News than any other TV source. A lot less than used to watch it. They do watch. Those voters a usually, lot less, Brett. They usually make up. A lot less, Brett. A lot less. A lot fewer people 
watching your darn network now. Fox News run by what Steve Bannon calls the foreign scumbags, the Murdochs, who fired Tucker Carlson. Their ratings have been knocked in half, chopped in half since they pulled that maneuver. And last little one, uh, where's my... Where's my clip there? This, just so you get this in, this is James Rosen of Newsmax. Good competition to uh, to Fox News in decline. But let's hit it. James Rosen reads the entire Hunter Biden. I'm sitting here with my dad. Send me the money, China. <laughs> and then guess what? Uh, oh, it's not that one. It's E. It's E. Um, and John Kirby, Pentagon spokesman, won't answer. He walks, he walks off the podium. He won't answer. Let's hit that one. The House Ways and Means Committee yesterday released documents, their authenticity nowhere challenged. Uh, that included a July 2017 WhatsApp message sent by Hunter Biden to Henry Zhao, a Chinese Communist Party official, which stated in its entirety, and I quote, I am sitting here with my father, and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand and now means tonight. And Z, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang, or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father, unquote. So just a couple of questions about this. First, does this not undermine uh, the president's claim during the 2020 campaign and the reaffirmations of that claim by his two press secretaries since then that he never once discussed his son's overseas business dealings with him? No, and I'm not going to comment further on this. We're good. We're good. Uh, not, James, James, let me just, let me save you some, let me save, let me save, let me save you some breath. If you're going to ask about this, I am not addressing, I don't, I know you do more than I'd like you to have. I am not going to address this issue from this podium. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. And there he goes. There goes Kirby, weasel man, Pentagon spokesman. He weasels out, won't respond to it. Hunter Biden, hey, I'm here with my dad, China. We want the checks. Hey, my dad's sitting right here. And we're starting to get ticked off that you're not fulfilling your commitment. Yo, send the money, dude. That's what that is, folks. And, oh, they don't want to talk about it. They're going to walk off the stage. They're going to walk off the podium. Imagine if anything, even 2% of this hit the Trump administration ever, and the Trump people go stalking off the podium. <laughs> you see, what a completely, what a completely backwards, upside-down, twisted world we are living in, folks. That's your ruling class, folks. They are twisted. They are America last, and they are not good people. They do not like this country. They do not like you. They do not like your family. They do not like your values. They do not like your history, and they are running the show right now. And I'm not seeing any other antidote but uh, 45 becoming 47. Let's do a hello on the phone lines and hang on if you're on. Reb, Reb, thanks for hanging on a minute, and welcome, sir. Yeah, this is. Bubba Scout, Reb, Team Leader, Reb, and we're the ones at top of the Pentagon. You want to get this fixed? You call us, because we know we're doing And the program coming on after this, I said I'd talk about it. That's telling you, 
You've been dumped on this week by a lot of aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, everything, polymer fibers, graphene, everything that's going to kill you. And that's what they're doing. We'll stop it. We'll ground them damn tankers. And he's going to be on right next. And then you'll hear General McInerney telling you, we need military here to stop this garbage. They're telling you that on the Arc Midnight. It's all on your network. And they know about us, General McInerney, top of the Pentagon, Bubba Scout Rep. You get on the phone, 703-697-9121. You tell them to make us do our job. We'll shut them down. Reb, I do thank you for that. I do thank you for that, Reb. But somehow that's just not quite a part of the flow of the conversation and the brilliance we are sharing this evening. Somehow that was a little bit of an outlier. And I just I, – I could not understand what you were talking about tonight, Reb. But I, I, we send you all our best. I, we, we surely do. And let's say hello to Charlene in Little Rock, Arkansas. Charlene, welcome to the program. Oh, hi there, Matt. I'm yes, sorry welcome. I the first two hours of the show, so I don't know if you settled all the dust on the the Russian coup or not. Well, I talked and about I, it a bit, I and thought about. Yeah, what are you thinking on it, Charlene? Well, it's interesting. There is a a, a tweet going out that uh, is a meme, and it's showing Braveheart when he reunited with uh, some of his supposed opposition that the Brits thought was the opposition, but they were actually in cahoots together. And then they're patting each other on the back, and then it says in the tweet, these are the Russians and Wagner after receiving $6.2 billion from the CIA to carry out a coup, but ended up carrying out the greatest trolling of the West. And I'm just curious if, you know, what your take on all that was, because well, I missed that, it. I hadn't thought it, of that yeah, angle. Thought, Could it be? Okay. That I the uh, could it be? Could it be that this like whole like b- brief flirtation with a coup? Uh, <laughs> this uh, Wagner Group guy, uh, Prigozhin. Took the money. He took the six point two billion, faked a coup for a couple hours, and then pocketed the <laughs> <laughs> the cash. Um, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because you know what? I, I don't know. I don't know, but. That's that's one when thought because that six point two billion was somehow missing and unaccounted for in the the spending exactly. for Ukraine. But then when when I saw them, you know, rolling in the tanks, you know, it was perfect video, not messed up or anything. Rolling into that Rosnov or whatever that town was, then they took over the state buildings. There was no resistance from any of the Russians, and actually there was video of them lying down and looking tough with their machine guns, and they were going to shoot the crowd, and there was no crowd, and there were people just passerbys that were just walking, you know, out for dinner that night or watching this video shoot. It looked like they were watching a staged, uh, you know video shoot and i thought that's weird that there would not be any bloodshed when you roll into a town and take over you know and i don't know and then hmm. they just pull out the next day and it's just i didn't know what your take on all that was or if you spent a lot of time on it or not well yeah we, we talked it through and i just presented some of the what we know and uh and who knows what we know, well, we know a, a lot of this that tell us i haven't quite connected the dots in my mind satisfactorily but it does seem <laughs> it seems like a lot of neoconservative warmongers got led on tremendously they were they were ecstatic 
regime change yeah. in Russia. Yay. Yeah. And then all of a sudden today the rug got pulled out from under them and they're, as yeah. Jack Posobiec says, they're busily deleting a lot of pro-Pagosic um, tweets. Uh, <laughs> and so yes. Pagosian yeah. treats. So and within the same day, they called them the freedom fighters in the Wagner group were freedom fighters because they were liberating, you know. Uh, they called them freedom fighters? The Wagner group yes, is the did. biggest bunch of thugs on the planet. And they're praising the Wagner group? Oh, my gosh. Hmm. Yeah, because they were rolling into Russia, they became freedom fighters. See, And then 12 hours later, they were pulling out of Russia and they started calling them the terrorists again. The Wagner oh, okay. <laughs> So, yeah, Wagner freedom fighters to Wagner terrorists because they had failed at the so-called coup. But anyway, uh, it's a great show. And I'm um, sorry I missed it. I'll have to listen to it. On oh, the yeah. Well, we got replay. the podcast. We'll be back in here tomorrow from from four to seven p.m. And um, just Charlene, while you're here, uh, do you have any opinions on DeSantis? Are you a big fan of that guy or where are you on that one? Oh, heavens, no. He's just. <laughs> He's pitiful. I mean, he's just going. He, he's like okay. he's crashing. I mean, he's he's not going to make it. I don't think. But they're still trying. They're trying to find someone to back. You know, to replace them now. And it may be uh, pushing Pence because I think they've given up on DeSantis. They might push Pence. And by the way, Pence is yeah. an object of complete ridicule and scorn among actual Republican voters. They actively loathe and despise Pence. Um, and I think for good oh, yeah. reasons. He's yeah, and, uh, a little on the phony yeah. side, I might say. But yeah, anyway, <laughs> well, Charlene, you are amazing. We'll be back tomorrow. Thank you, Randy Corcoran. We are with you, my brother. We'll be back.